When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Welcome back. My name is Chris Plank. We call the early week episode the game plan where we, you know, during the season... Kind of like to preview what's coming up, maybe recap what happened the weekend before and really get you ready for a busy week. But obviously, we're in the middle of summer, and after taking a bit of a break for the 4th of July holiday, we've really kind of pigeonholed our focus in looking ahead to the 2017 football season. As a matter of fact, as we tape this, we are a week away from Big 12 Media Days, which is always, I think, to, to most of us, what really kind of kicks off nonstop wall-to-wall coverage. And we'll have you covered, not just here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, but Jessica Cootie is heading down with Sooner Sports TV. I'm sure uh, Tori Kukowski will be going down there at Archibald. So we'll have tons online for you, and then tons right here uh, in Big 12 Media Days. But obviously, it's going to be a much different look and feel in 2017 for everybody involved because it's now the Lincoln-Riley era as the Sooners' new head football coach, 33 years old, Lincoln will take center stage for the first time at Big 12 Media Days. While we're all excited for that and we can't wait, I wanted to use this week for us here at the Sooner Sports Podcast to kind of look back. And we've got so much more on the legacy, uh, the obvious history-making run with Bob Stoops as the head coach football coach at the University of Oklahoma, 
to to build upon, to look back on, to celebrate. I mean, there's there's tons of time to do that, but I kind of wanted to spend this week to really give a couple of what I think would be unique perspectives. Coming up on today's show, you will hear from three former Sooner players, uh, three guys who I think we would all agree played pretty integral roles in the success of Oklahoma during the Bob Stoops era. We go early with Teddy Lehman. We go kind of middle with J.D. Runnels, and then we go recent with Ty Darlington. And listen, I know that there is in no way a chance that you could truly encapsulate and capture everything that Bob Stoops meant to the University of Oklahoma and this program in a 30-minute to 45-minute podcast. But we're going to do our best to pay homage, give tributes, and obviously hopefully showcase what, to me, are moments that stood out to these players that maybe as fans don't necessarily register as these incredible, memorable moments to you. You'll see what I mean whenever you hear from Ty Darlington coming up a little bit later on in this episode. And then later this week, man, I am so excited to go sit and chat with Kenny Mossman. And he is, without a doubt, one of the true gems of the Sooner Athletic Department. He has basically been there since day one of the Bob Stoops era. And I think it'll be pretty cool to get his perspective on not just what Bob meant to Oklahoma, but also looking at the progression, at the swap, if you will, from the Stoops era to the uh, to the Lincoln-Riley era. So I'm excited about that coming up later on this week. Hey, as always, I appreciate you guys downloading. Make sure you subscribe at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And as always, tell a friend or two or ten because uh, we want to keep bringing you the best information on Sooner Athletics, and we'll do so throughout the rest of the summer, and then obviously dive right into the football season. Well, let's dive right into it, shall we? He is now one of us. He's a member of the media. You hear him on the Oklahoma Sooner radio broadcast. He has his own afternoon sports talk show, and I consider him to be a really good friend. He's also one of the kindest people you could ever meet. Uh, he's Teddy Lehman, and a Butkus Award winner, a Benaric Award winner, a national champion, undefeated against Texas during his time as a Sooner. And as you might imagine, someone who, when the news broke for Teddy, was in a, a little bit of shock, a little bit of a, of a surprise, but also someone who shares some great stories about his time at the University of Oklahoma under Bob Stoops. We start our tribute to head coach Bob Stoops by hearing from former Sooner linebacker Teddy Lehman. You're, you're kind of unique in this whole process because you were one of his first true recruits, and there wasn't Bob Stoops, the Oklahoma Sooner coach, when you met him. He was a defensive coordinator who had come in to take over as the head coach. So what was it like the first time you met Bob Stoops? Uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. You could tell there was something different from the staff. So I had kind of a unique experience to where I went to football camp with the Blake coaching staff before the 98 season. And then I went to Coach Stoops and his staff's first uh, football camp at Oklahoma before the 99 season. So they had a camp there before they had coached the game. So I got to see the, the you know, the two different styles from the, the two different coaching staffs. And, you know, I went there with, with Blake and those guys and I had fun at the camp and, I learned a lot. Rex Ryan was a linebacker coach, and uh, I really enjoyed working with him. He was a fun guy. 
but it, it didn't have the feeling of this is what a top program operates like, right? So whenever I went to Coach Stoops' camp the next year, I was kind of expecting the same type of laid back, uh, let's have some fun type of football camp. And it was completely different. And for, for that matter, it was completely different whenever I went to junior day back in March or April of that year before they had that summer camp. You showed up and like I had, I had you know, went to the, the football camp and performed really well for the Blake people. But no one ever said a word to me the entire camp. So I was pretty frustrated with that and really didn't know what to do. And I walk into junior day, and Kel Gundy was the first guy I saw. He knew exactly who I was. I didn't even know who Kel Gundy was. I couldn't point him out from a lineup. <laughs> he, he ran right up to me, knew exactly who I was, knew exactly where I came from, knew that I was a linebacker. Hey, Teddy, we're glad you're here. Why don't you come over here and meet our linebacker, Coach Brent Venables? I mean, instantly. So that junior day blew me away that there was something different about this this program and this coaching staff. And then you go into summer camp, and that summer camp wasn't a, you know, let's collect a bunch of money and go out here and have fun for two or three days. It was, let's scour this group, let's coach this group as good as we can and see if there's any talent out here on the field that can help this football team. Give everyone a great camp and a lot of fundamentals and great football teaching, but also – we're trying to we're trying to find if there's some ball players out here. Love it. So you've had a very unique path with Coach Stoops because you went from being recruited to a player to basically everything but an assistant coach. And even right. though you had been involved with Coach Venables in certain angles, do you have a favorite memory that jumps right out when you think about the Bob Stoops era? Um, man. There's just so many. The 2000 season, you know, for me as a player, I had a bunch of better moments as far as on the field and and things that I felt like I accomplished along the way. But as far as just favorite memories, that entire season, and they always, you know, it's the old cliche, it's about the journey. I mean, that season is the epitome of that. You start off and no one really has – yeah, you know, 99 was solid, 7-5 and five season. They expect the Sooners to, to turn things around a little bit. I think people started off on the season maybe as Oklahoma fringe top 25 team. And just victory after victory, the thing snowballed. And it was it was Sooner mania. I mean, it really was. Uh, like, air helicopters following the, the team from the airport back to the dorms and <laughs> – you know, thousands of people wait for us whenever we got off the buses, whenever we came back from a road trip at, you know, two or three in the morning. I mean, it was just insane. And something that really hasn't been replicated, even though you've had some really good teams and accomplished a bunch of stuff, it's just never really been like that before. After the Nebraska game, I mean, with the people storming the field and that celebration that lasted till five in the morning on Lindsay Street, I mean, you just, you just don't see anything like that around Norman. And I don't, you know, quite frankly, as good as it's been, I just don't know that you're going to see that again, that built-up energy that just explodes like in 2000. That was probably my best memory. You know, it's it's also interesting because of all the people I've talked to, and Ted, obviously, I mean, there's – I've been around you now for the last four years just in the radio network. That term family keeps coming up and how Coach treated the football program and his coaches and his assistants and everybody like family – 
And from what I've been able to gauge, that extended beyond just your playing years, right? Sure. I mean, Coach Stoops is – and I, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches around their programs that that preach this and try and practice it. But once you play for Coach Stoops, you're welcome. You're always welcome around there. And, you know, I've, I've got a little bit different, you know, kind of line that I've got to tell because of the media stuff and everything. So I don't – I try not to put Bob in that situation who – of trying to have access to the program whenever I've got to go do a radio show about it as well. So, but it's, for most guys, you're welcome there. You're welcome to practice. You're welcome to come into the facilities. I know Coach Stoops for advice and, uh, you know, about what he thinks about, you know, career paths and is there, is there any way he can help guys? I mean, he's, there's a lot of coaches and people that say my door is always open, but, they don't all mean that their door is always open. And right. for Bob, it's true. Right. Hey, real quick, one, one, one more quick one before I let you go, Ted. Um, what was your reaction when you found out that he was retiring? Um, I was shocked. I honestly was. And I don't know. It's, it's sad for me. I'm I'm happy for Coach Stoops, and I think it's great that he's going out on top. He's going out healthy. He's going out on his own terms. He's going out after a couple of really good years. He's leaving the program on a good note with, with all the things that we know is going on right with the program right now. But it's still sad to me because and even though I really like Coach Riley, I you know have a good relationship with him. It's just going to be different not seeing Bob Stoops on the sideline. It is. Uh, it, it's going to be different, you know, for, for guys and, you know, I'm sure fans and people that have covered the program for the last 18 years, it's, you know, you're kind of starting over. And it's even though there's, there's still all the familiar faces are still there, it's just going to be a little bit different. So for me, it's kind of sad. It's, it's really, truly the end of an era for me. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting – if come Saturday, uh, first weekend of September, I wonder what my feelings are going to be. Do I feel like an outsider, right? Do I do right. I feel differently whenever I'm down standing on the sideline covering the team and Bob's not over there because, you know, even like whenever we screwed up at West Virginia and got called out in the middle of a game, <laughs> you know, and my former coach looks over there at us. Like for me, part of it is like, oh my God, what do we do? The other part is, uh, but that's coach, you know, we're good. That's coach Stoops. That's my guy. So I don't know exactly where I'm going to sit with coach Riley. So it's kind of a unique situation, but man, I, I think really the program has been left in some, some really good hands with Lincoln Riley, uh, the fires there, the intensity's there. And, uh, I think he understands the, the shoes that he's stepping into, which is the most important thing. Teddy's great. I love the, uh, hey, what is it? so what does this mean for me? I guarantee you it means that you're always going to be embraced, Ted. I love that mindset. Uh, and obviously a guy that Bob Stoops loved. I mean, I, I can say this much. Just from seeing it, whenever Coach would do his post-game interviews, a question from Ted would be something that, you know, he would register with him in a, in a positive way or, as Coach would say, in a good way. So, obviously, one of the greats in Sooner football history. He's referred to as Bob's favorite. He was a – he played a position that for a lot of people, you look back and always seem to be guys that embody the Bob Stoops era. If it was 
uh, a Seth Luttrell or a Trey Millard or now a Dimitri Flowers, that fullback position was always a position that so many times in college football and maybe even now you see as a position that's kind of become a bit of a dinosaur, a bit extinct, but yet during the Bob Stoops tenure, these were always guys that were crucial and critical to the team's success. We had a chance for the Sooner Sports Podcast to kind of pick the brain on favorite Bob Stoops memories with former Sooner J.D. Runnels. You know, uh, I, I heard so much about Coach Stoops just because obviously living in Oklahoma, um, you know, they beat Florida State my junior year of high school. I was a big Florida State fan. Uh, fast forward a year, um, you know, I went to OU's camp. Uh, I had gotten told no a couple of times by OU, um, but we ended up winning state at Carl Albert. And I remember that I had a OU, basically their no was they didn't know what I played. They kept telling me they didn't know if they wanted me a fullback. And this is Kale telling me this. Um, you know, the, the, the first time I had a really crazy good game, uh, my semifinal game against Booker T High School, and um, Coach Stoops got a hold of that film. And the first time I met him was when he offered me a scholarship. And I just, I could hear it in his voice. I, I'll never forget just when it, there was, there was, it was such a simple conversation, but it just said so much to me um, about his football knowledge, about how he could interpret uh, things to players, about how much he trusted uh, his coaches and, it was just a lot, and so you know, I heard. I actually heard his voice on the phone before I met him, and you know, they brought me down on a visit, and um, you know, it was a simple choice for me. And he, you know, I, I at that time, Les Miles was at OSU, so I, I, I had Les Miles and and Bob Stoops on the phone, basically telling me that they wanted to play for me. And um, after those conversations, man, it was it was pretty easy. It really was, and and I will say, you know, obviously OU has a little more tradition, but for me, a lot of that was just Bob telling me the real story, uh, what he really thought, how he felt about me, um, and it just it clicked at that time, and I'm just grateful that he did. When when the news breaks, when you when you see the story that Bob's leaving, does it? Is it natural for you, J.D., that you maybe you get sentimental? I mean, what was that time like after you found out that Bob was leaving for you as as a former player and as, of course, Bob's favorite player of all time, as we know? Right. right. But, but, but what was that like for you when you first found out the news? It, it was absolutely sentimental. Um, you know, most of my time is spent at my gym in Hera, uh, Choctaw, and I, uh, I was actually in Norman that day. Uh, a bunch of my kids uh, that I trained got invited down to use the league camp and were working out. And uh, Jenny Carlson from the Daily Oklahoman or from the Oklahoman uh, was messaging me and basically she she was just asking me, "Hey, you know, we're hearing that Bob's retiring. Are you hearing anything?" And I just right when you hear that, it's like your your stomach sinks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really realize the the first thing that I did in the indoor facilities, I started looking up. And I saw all these banners and all these facilities and this. They have six huge fans in the, in the indoor now that we didn't have when we were there. Um, just beautiful stuff that you would never have imagined. And you've been there forever, you know. Stuff that we would have never imagined having in 2001, 2002, getting there. And, um, 
you know, you just start piecing together why. And, I, I, you know, I was blessed to be around some other guys. And, you know, me and Calvin Thibodeau came in at the same time. Yeah. And when the news, when the news broke, um, we had, you know, it's the same reaction for both of us. It's just like, wow, you know, what, what's this place going to even be like? Uh, you know, what's it like? But then, you know, after, you know, about an hour of being out there, I also started really trying to piece together, you know, either going forward or what it was going to be like. And I, I started thinking, you know, I'm, I'm at those camps quite a bit. And Bob had had it to where, you know, he, he didn't have to do much at these camps. And he, he, he was managing them very, very well. He was managing his time very well. And he had, I think, where he wanted to be at the program where, you know, I think where he wanted it. You know, at that point, it's, it's, it's what more can you do? And, and there wasn't, you know. So um, I, I just I thought it was a, a weird coincidence that I was down there because it's this last thing about it. It, it felt weird. Right. Like it just, it felt, there was just this certain feeling of, there was like this buzz that wasn't there or something. It was just, I can't really explain it, but she just felt weird being in Norman on the day that Bob Stoops retired. Like it didn't, it didn't really sound right, it didn't really feel right. Um, and I just, I can't put into words like the day you retire, the minute you retire, that I'm sitting in the indoor facility looking at the place where basically it all started, you know? Um, so I thought that was weird. <laughs> That's crazy. Dude, I'll tell you what. I live in – I mean, I live in Norman, and I still – it hasn't sunk into me yet. Although I will say, with the announcement of Ruff and McNeil, it was one of those moments where you're like, wait, Bob didn't announce the assistant. Lincoln did. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. He's gone. So that yeah. – t- to me, that's right. something – and I don't know. Teddy and I were talking about it earlier today. Maybe it's something that won't, won't register till game day. But speaking of game day – I mean, obviously, so many great moments. For those of us that, cover, that that went from covering you in the media to now being in Oklahoma, everyone has their personal favorite. You're trying to do a post-game interview when some dope is yelling Raiders in the background. Um, but, right. but, J.D., for you personally, what's some of your favorite Bob memories? Is, is there one that stands out over the rest? Man, uh, I just think of times of adversity. You know, there's so many things that Bob – Oh man, there's so many lessons that we were taught, you know, and and it's at weird times um, when we make suspensions, when we when we give scholar when he gives scholarships, um, when he benches a player, uh, you know, there's there's so many things where we we see him with his back up against the wall, uh, and you know, some of those bring out funny things. It, it just <laughs> you know, we're we're seventeen to twenty one year old kids at this time and they're eighteen to twenty two, however Jay White was a little bit older than all of us. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just certain times you just realize that uh, to me there's just there was a, a bunch of stories. There was a bunch of times where our, whether our team had their back against the wall or there would be a scandal that happened. Um we knew we could count on him. We knew we we were going to hear it for him. I mean, I, one thing I think of whenever some breaking news, <laughs> whenever some breaking news happens, especially if it's on you, I always think about emergency team meetings. You know, I always think about you know being glad that we didn't really have cell phones back then because <laughs> uh, you know they, they they had to get a hold of us different ways. But uh, 
man. There, there were so many just, I'll tell you this, you know, the, the, the reason why I got so sad about Bob Steele is because I, I knew that kids weren't going to get the experience what I experienced. Oh, that's a great And I know, that that's, I know that that's rare. I know that certain places don't have what that is. They don't have a coach that's been there forever. They don't have a, a nice facilities. I mean, you can go on and on and on. But to me, it was um, just the accountability that Bob had throughout his four years, just the, the family-oriented nature of him. Um, there was a lot. There were so many moments where our team could have went a different direction, and he's basically, well, along with his coaches, but you know, he was the, he had his hand over that program in so many ways. Um, but we just that's and, and again, that's that's about being his favorite. You know, that's what <laughs> there was only two ways to impress Bob. You either impressed him with brain or with brawn. You either went out there and hit people. And played well, and, and or you did right off the field, and you were just a football robot. And you look at some of the guys that that were that: the Teddy Laymans of the world, the Rocky Thomas, the Jason White, uh, the Corey Kleins of the world. People, people that are just fascinating human beings still. You know, even beyond football. But let me just tell you, when they when they were Bob Stoops' favorite people they were for a reason because they were men of character they were they were football robots they were athletic these they were all all of them let, let, let me throw one more thing at you because I, I i found it real interesting what you just said because i i talked to ty darlington and he brought up one of his favorite moments was actually after a texas loss whenever it was uh, a challenging time because they had lost what was it about Coach Stoops that was able to kind of solidify everyone and keep them together, Jetty? Well, it's, it's a lot. You know, because you can't fool kids that are in the know and, and up on fashion and trends. <laughs> but it was just, that's Bob, man. He, he would somehow stay up on the fashion, somehow stay up on the trend. Uh, you know, he, he'd talk with, with your, he'd say your slang or a word that he'd heard, you know. He was just always ahead of the game on that, but um, he was complete. He, he could interpret stories uh, like no other. He could get across lessons like no other. I, I, I tell it to people like this. Bob Stoops, his main thing were special teams. And his interpretation, it wasn't just him drawing up plays. It was him explaining in detail to every person on the field what they were going to do. And those were his, that was his artwork. When you look back at Antonio Perkins, when you look back at even the farther than that, J.T. Thatcher, Jalen Saunders, Shepard, Royals, look how many guys have returned punts for touchdowns. That's, you know, to me, the proof of the guy is in things like that. Uh, it's also in things like, uh, I was joking about it on Twitter today, Look at how many walk-ons yes. in the Yes, yes. Corey Heineke, Bubba Bertram, uh, Mark Bradley, uh, the, the list goes, Aaron Ripkowski, Tom Whaley, Baker Mayfield. Uh, the list goes on and on. I mean, that to me is where a coach shows his greatness. When you can go through and do a 
uh, all Stoops team, and you've got freaking first round picks, guys that played a lot in the NFL <laughs> that first year. Uh, and you can do uh, walk on lists with, you know, you can have a two deep walk on list yeah. of, of all, all, all Stoops guys. You know, and again, when you start talking about his play calls and, and all these trick plays that were colossal in certain seasons and in certain places, um, you know, I, I think that of Missouri my freshman year, you know, nobody thought we were going to throw a fake field goal to a guy that ended up playing guard in the NFL for 11 years. Um, and the guy catches it with his elbows. I mean, some of these things you just, you can't write up, you know, you, you can't script. Um so he, he just, I, I think his, his genius will, will show in a lot of different ways. Uh, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't just one story. There's a thousand of them. You know, there really is. That, the story that you told me about Ty, um, about his loss, I mean, I, I went through that. I, I went through that a lot, and we, I thought we handled it first as well, and I think that shows on Coach Stoops. Uh, J.D.'s a great guy. How crazy. He was in Norman because some of the guys that he's been training were going through camp. And here he is inside the practice facility where they had worked out so different from what it was, and yet he's there the day whenever Bob Stoops decides to retire. Cool story from J.D. And then wrapping things up, I don't know if there has been a more cerebral player in the Bob Stoops era than Ty Darlington. This is a guy who has now uh, parlayed his on-the-field success to an off-the-field career helping out student-athletes here at the University of Oklahoma. He is hands down one of my favorite people to talk to, not just about football, but to hear his perspective on life. So I think you'll dig when Ty Darlington talks about his two most memorable moments during the Bob Stoops era as we caught up with the former Sooner Center and now member of the uh, OU Athletics family, Ty Darlington. Well, I mean, you know, I was a guy that, that grew up a huge OU fan, and I've to play this coach my whole life. You know, it's something I dreamed of doing, and it definitely won me with everything that I dreamed it would be. I mean, I, do, I distinctly remember him uh, offering me a scholarship when I came to camp here, going in at the end of my sophomore year of high school to the – uh, to meet him, I remember a conversation I had with him outside of the training room of uh, my freshman year before I found out. I just found out that I was on my first note that weekend against Baylor. Um, and then he kind of put me aside then. And, you know, especially the way that I feel like my relationship with him evolved, you know, becoming a captain and a leader and was able to, to spend more time with him on a more personal basis. Even some of the traveling that I did with him during like the, the awards and stuff at the end of the year, got to know him in different ways and just gained so much respect for him um, on, a, on a personal level um, through, through a variety of situations. And, and he's just nothing but first class in the way that he treats his guys and the way that the standard that he holds his program to. Um, and for, for a guy to have expected so much of Bob Stoops, and we kind of made a hero. I mean, I think a lot of us, before you ever even meet him, make a hero up in your mind. So then he has this, he has this persona to live up to before you ever even shake his hand. And then for him to do that, and then some, really says everything. I was not the man he is. Do you have a favorite Bob Stoops moment, Ty? I mean, obviously you brought up getting the scholarship, and often that's a pretty big deal. But when you're on campus, I mean, were, was there anything that really kind of resonates with you and stays with you? Yeah, definitely so. The, the SAE situation, my uh, my 
spring of my junior year, going to my senior year, when me and uh, Stryker went into his office and basically, basically told him, you know, hey, we're not going to practice in the day, that was one of the scariest moments of my life, I think. <laughs> you know, never in, my, never in a million years would I have thought that I'd be in this type of situation to walk in and say that. And the way that he didn't, he didn't question us, he didn't scold us, he backed us 100% and said, all right, well, how can we... How can we make this a good thing? How can we? How can we? How can we take something in the middle of the negative and make it into a positive? And he uh, he did everything that he possibly could have done to get behind us and what we were trying to do as a team in that situation. And I thought I really thought that he went above and beyond. I gained so much uh, respect for him and, and admiration for him uh, in that moment. It all, that that's the thing that seems to resonate, Ty, when I talk to people. And I, obviously, for some of us. We didn't really get to see that side because if it was just, say, a game day relationship or for certain shows that you would do with him. I mean, this was a guy that truly had a genuine care for the personal side of every single one of his players. Oh, absolutely so, you know. Um, and especially when, when myself and Baker uh, traveled with him and, and Carol at, uh, at the end of the 2015 season to get to kind of hear a little bit, you know, about the about the stories, you know, the stories of different people, different players they coached, and the different things they had been through, and tough times, and especially I, I, uh, I definitely have sympathy because I am a coach's kid. <laughs> so some of the things that they, the, the uglier side of coaching, um, with you know, with the way that sometimes you, that, that people can be when you're not doing pretty well, um, and kind of hear some of that, and kind of really resonated with me. Um, and, and also to get to know their, their sons, Drake and Isaac, both decently uh, well, and get to watch them grow up too. I mean, it's just, it's an honor to, to get to have uh, shared a, a little bit of time with Coach Jeeps. And I never, ever thought that I would be one of the last classes to come through. You know, it's yeah. like he's like kind of a, he's an institution in Oklahoma football, and he's going to have a statue up as soon as they can, as soon as they can get it up, I assume. <laughs> and, uh, and, and to say that, to say that I was, you know, one of the one of the last captains of, of his teams, um, and came through what I did, and was I thought I was off campus when the news broke. I was I was just absolutely shocked, and it's a huge honor to, to play for him. Do you have a favorite on the field moment with him? I mean, obviously, I, I love and and I'm a Ty Darlington fan, so I've heard you speak a lot, and I, and I love you tell the story about the year when you thought you guys were going to be a championship team and things didn't go your way and you ended up going to Orlando and then the next year you, you found that other level and you knew you had been challenged and you got there. But was there an on-the-field moment with Coach Stoops through that that still kind of resonates with you, Ty? Um, if I had to pick one, I would, well, I'll say two, um, kind of at different ends of the spectrum. Uh, after the Tennessee game, uh, I mean, that was so cool. I mean, he was so he was so excited. We all were. Um, the adrenaline was just pumping, and he was he was really fired up after on the on the field after the game and the locker room after the game. And told us it was, it was one of his favorite, you know, one of his favorite wins of, of his uh, of his time at OU. And just something I if you were anyone that was at that game, there's not really a whole lot that needs to be said. I've talked about it many times. It was just electric atmosphere, insurmountable odds, and. That was a lot of fun. He was really fired up. Um, and then on the other side of things is the Texas loss. My uh, my senior year was just, I mean, just absolutely hurt so bad because we knew we never, ever still lost that game. And they took it to us. And um, the way that he was so calm and composed, that he didn't, uh, 
he really did like rip, you know, like rip us a new one and just tear into us and, and shame us. He just talked about hey, this is an opportunity and that it, it is what we make of it and we can come back come back to work on Monday in one of two ways. Um and, and, and we can let this, you know, define our season or we can let this push us on to, you know, greater things. And I thought that um I was always so impressed with you know, after any loss, um, but particularly that one with how it was, it was business as usual for him. He didn't, he didn't fluctuate a whole lot as far as like dramatically changing the way he approached things. That they, they were going to come back and what the, the solutions were going to work. Um, and he was, a, he was such a calming presence, especially in that moment, that particular loss against Texas was a calming presence when it could have gone, he could have, it could have been a freak out moment. Um, and it was, and, and I was, yeah, the way he was in the locker room after that game definitely, uh, took that on number. You notice kind of a common theme, don't you, between J.D.'s stories, between Ty Darlington's stories, uh, and then obviously in many of the stories that have been told, I've, I've heard so many of them. It's not always about a moment where you held up a trophy. It's not always about a moment where you're celebrating a win. A lot of times it's a moment in which you learned how to handle adversity and that it's not always going to be uh, roses and championships and celebrations. It's going to be hard times. And to hear Ty Darlington talk about the Texas loss and how that's something he'll never forget because of the way that Bob Stoops handled things, that's uh, it's pretty incredible. J.D. talks about just, hey, challenging you, challenging you through the hard times. It's Bob Stoops. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Three players. We'll have more. Uh, reached out to Ryan Broyles, Dusty Dvorak, who are going to try to come on with us as their schedules clear up later this week. Reached out to the Vikings, hoping to hear something back from the Giants on Sam and Sterling Shepard. But for me, as someone who went from being you know, a, a member of the media in Tulsa to coming here and working hand-in-hand with the OU Athletic Department and Sooner Sports Properties, it's been pretty cool to see the impact that Bob Stoops has had, not just on former players, but fans, staff members, administrators, and coaches alike. Coming up later this week, join us as Kenny Mossman sits down with us and we look back on the Bob Stoops era, look ahead on the Lincoln Riley era, and hey, anytime I get Kenny in the house, we're going to be talking softball. Thanks for downloading. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. And until later this week with the tailgate and Kenny Mossman, everyone have a great week and boomer sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.